is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Steelers Standard rolling along here. Um, and again, we're going to do another episode of the All-Time Standard. And this one might be one of the toughest ones that we've had to do. Just because there are so many names. Right. I mean, we, we had a little bit of a tough time with the inside linebackers because there are a lot of names there. But I don't think it compares to what the outside linebackers no. are, Jacob. Um, Kellen Gersky, Jacob, Jacob Recht here along with you um, for this episode of the All-Time Standard on Steelers Standard. Um, yeah, there is some all-time greats. That have played outside linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, I mean, and we only get five slots. So there are going to be guys that are left off this list that are absolutely deserving of a top five. Um, but when you look at a position group in among Steelers history, among hell, maybe team history and NFL history, this might be the deepest ever. It uh, probably when you is. look at any yeah, team, it probably is. any position, it might be one of the deepest maybe ever across multiple decades. It wasn't just the two thousands. It wasn't just the seventies. There were two guys in the nineties that everyone loved this. I I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think this is the deepest position across any NFL team across the franchise's history. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. And like you said, um, it's, it's spanned not Mm -hmm. just, you know, a few decades. It's spanned like the the test of time for, uh, for the Steelers and their outside linebackers. So, um, without further ado, let's just jump right into this bad boy, do wanna, Jacob. Do you want to listen honorable mentions first? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So I don't that... know. So you can stop. You can you can mention if some of these guys made your mm-hmm. list in the top five. But two names that really come to mind first. I mean, I I I, I said that I cheated on the inside linebacker. I put Andy Russell on the inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was definitely an, an uh, he was definitely an outside linebacker. But because I needed to give him credit, I put him on my inside list at number five. Okay. Andy Russell, one of the greatest all-time Steelers, regardless of position. Uh, another one that comes to mind is Lamar Woodley, James yep. Harrison's partner in crime in the 2000s. Wood- the thing about Woodley, too, is that, man, he was so – I mean, he was unbelievable his first, you know, couple years with right. the team. Uh, his, first, his rookie year, with, or at least his first year with the team, is was the year that the Steelers won Super Bowl 43. But even so uh, – his time spent after that, it was it was a short six-year career spent with the Steelers, which is kind of surprising. It felt like yeah. a lot longer. But definitely during that, that four-year stretch from 2008 even to 2011, uh, the Steelers were probably the best defensive team in the NFL uh, over that four-year stretch. And you can extend it longer, but I'm just talking about since the arrival of Lamar Woodley. And he was an, an absolutely integral part to yeah. that team. Uh, another one that right now just barely missed, but mm. give him a couple more years, and you, I think you can tell where I'm going with this. I is, do. Is T.J. Watt? Uh, the guy is going to be an eventual defensive player of the year. He should have been a two-time defensive player of the year already, but just give him one more year, and I think I'm ready to put him in my top five. That's fair. Um, a guy for me that that didn't make my list. Um, you might be a little upset with this. It's Kevin Green. Okay, um, he made mine, but I can I figured, see why just because his short tenure with the team. I, unbelievable. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I mean, a great career. Um, just wasn't with Pittsburgh long enough for me to put him in. Um, again, he, like I said, he had a fantastic career you know, in the NFL. I mean, he one of the most recognizable guys You know that you're going to see, the long blonde hair. He's in the Hall of Fame, made the, hall, the uh, All-90s team. 
Um, it just just didn't make my list. Um, so yeah, I mean, off the top, those are really those really aren't any other guys that I can think of mm-hmm. um, that that didn't make it. So let's just jump right in, Jacob. Yeah, um, I'll let you start. Uh, who do you have at number five? Number five, I've got Greg Lloyd Senior. We already. I'm going to get to Kevin Green later on in my list, but Greg Lloyd, to me, yes, he was with the team longer. For much longer, he was with the team for 10 years. But to me, Kevin Green was a more impactful linebacker. So right now, I have, I have a lot more to say about his partner in crime, Kevin Green, and, and the guys ahead of him. But considering the guys I left off the list of the honorable mention, we talked about Tannins. We talked about James, mm-hmm. Harris, or James Harrison and Lamar Woodley. We talked about T.J. Watt. Where I don't think either of us are going to put Bud Dupree on this list or even mention him no. in the honorable mentions, but you talk about great tandems. Yes, uh, we talked about uh, Jack Lambert in the in the inside linebacker position. We always talked about how it was it's it's Jack Ham and Andy Russell on the outside who played so well together. But to me, I, I really love Greg Lloyd. But he was to me he was the Robin of the bat of uh to to the Kevin Green his Batman. Yep, he didn't make my list, uh, Greg. Greg Lloyd didn't, um, but again, that's because, like we mentioned, you're going to leave guys out that absolutely deserve to be here. Um, and the reason that he didn't make my list is because at number five, I do have T.J. Watt. Um, and okay, it, I'm totally okay with that. And at some point, I'm totally okay with that. At some point, he's going to ascend on that list to higher, higher than of five. course. I, 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 you have to hope so, right? You don't, right, you don't right, want him right. to finish at number five. No, I mean, but when you look at T.J. right now, as we've talked about so many times, he's one of the best defensive players in football, and he has been for the last four years um i guess his rookie year you know he he had a fine rookie year had seven sacks but he wasn't you know he started in 15 games but he wasn't the player that we've seen him ascend to but for the last three he has been a a dominant player um he's already a three-time pro bowl or already a two-time all pro um and that's a long he has a long way to go in that um but i think right now his body of work although i know it's only four years tells me that right now he's going to ascend into one of the best outside linebackers of all time for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I do have TJ at number five with the idea knowing full well that he's going to ascend higher than that. At least that's the hope. Yeah, I'm totally cool with that. Like TJ Watt, as I said earlier, should have been the defensive player of the year. Does that change your mind at all if he wins one of those? If he wins it, he's probably... He's probably number five. He's probably number four. Yeah. Because the guy that I have at number four also didn't win it ever, but he's still a fan favorite to mine. But give TJ – I mean, TJ Watt is my favorite stealer over the past, what, four years four that he's years. been on the team by far and away, even though you got to have a soft spot for Cam Hayward. The arrival of Mika Fitzpatrick has been incredible. Ben Roethlisberger has been – we had this conversation in the all-time standard episode for quarterbacks – I had said it was Terry Bradshaw because of rings, but you and Tom had agreed that it was it was Ben Roethlisberger, and I said I completely see that the 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 case to be made for mm-hmm. Big Ben to be the best quarterback, and so you obviously have a soft spot for him because without Ben Roethlisberger, this we still would just be talking about the '70s dynasties. There would be nothing else to talk about. So, but despite all those names. TJ Watt has been by far away my favorite guy. Yeah. To, I think everyone's favorite guy to watch, yep. just because he brings so much passion. I don't know if you were no, I, no, I'm just I'm, I'm thinking here. Um, I was just gonna say like when you look at Watt too, he's eighth all time in Steelers sacks. Yeah, and he's right. only played four years. Now, now, granted, those stacks, th- those stats weren't collected until after sure, the '70s sure, dynasty, sure. so we have no idea where guys like 
like the linebackers and Jack Ham and Andy Russell and Lambert yeah. and of course Joe Green. We have no idea where their numbers would rank, but still. The fact that there have been, as we've mentioned before, there have been so many great pass rushers on the defensive defensive line, inside and outside linebacker since the 80s. Mm-hmm. It's a huge testament to TJ within his first four years to rise that high on that list. And he's probably and he's going to at least get. No, uh, I mean he's ten sacks away, um, or nine and a half away from number four all time. Uh, it's yeah, pretty amazing. I mean he could rise to number four. Within the first half of this season. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, as we've mentioned, as we've had the conversation before about will T.J. Watt break the single season sack record set by James Harrison a couple of years ago at 16. If T.J. can get to 17, that means halfway should be accomplishable for him. And I think the bigger question is, will he break the all time sack record that James Harrison holds? No, that's what I was saying. The all-time single-season sack. Oh, record. I mean, I mean, like oh, well, the all-time. It's definitely possible. Yeah. I don't know what what's the what's the difference there. He's got eighty. Uh, James Harrison leads it with eighty and a half. Okay, and right now TJ has uh, forty-nine and a half. Okay, so, so you're telling me he can get thirty sacks in, in the, the rest next, of his career and the next two years alone? I mean, he's done thirty sacks the last two years. I mean, right. two years in like one game, maybe. Uh, yeah, he's what fifteen last year and fourteen and a half. So he's yeah, at, that's twenty nine. So yeah. there you go. Twenty yeah, twenty nine and a half sacks in in the last two years. I think so, it's definitely accomplishable. And yeah. again, as we started this conversation, you have to hope that T.J. Watt doesn't just finish number five right. on your personal all time right. outside linebackers in Steelers history. No. You have to hope he gets farther than that. No doubt. Um, but yeah, so T.J. comes in at number five for me. Um, that's totally fair. At number four, who do you have? At number four, I have. Before T.J. Watt, my my favorite Steeler linebacker that I ever got to see play, Joey Porter. Yep, I have him at four, too. Joey Porter was a menace. Joey Porter was everything you wanted your Steelers linebacker to embody. He was mean. He was a jerk. He was <clears> in <throat> your face. He was loud, but he backed it up with his play. He backed it up with some of the best defensive play. He made the all-decade team in 2000s at, at the linebacker position. And he was only here for one Super Bowl team in 2005, and we we know the story. Uh, it was it was all to get Jerome Bettis to retire with a Super Bowl ring, and Jerome Bettis was probably the offensive leader for that team. But without a doubt, despite the 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 names alongside Joey Porter, such as Troy Polamalu or James Ferrier, who we talked about last episode. Um, or a past episode at the inside linebacker position, Joey Porter was by far and away the leader of that team, if not the uh, the leader of the defense, if not the leader of the entire Steelers team. His eight year career with the Steelers was um, probably the best of you know his career. Not to oh, say by far and away. I mean, when he went to Miami, I mean he, he had a fine he had a fine couple of years. He there, did have but, a Pro Bowl that uh, in yeah. two thousand eight there, but he just wasn't same guy no and, and it definitely doesn't help when you play a different scheme when you play along with different guys I mean that you're, you're so used to playing side by side with such elite pass rusher pass rusher such as uh Larry Foote who you had on on your uh all-time inside, standard yeah. at the inside position or James Ferrier Clark Hagens there were so many guys on that team that he was playing with just as we've mentioned so many times so far this episode that the linebacker position, regardless of inside or outside, is so deep on the Steelers team. And luckily for Joey Porter, he got to play alongside three greats, yeah. uh, three guys that everyone will remember fondly. And it just happened to be that he was by far and away the best. He's probably the 
soon to be eclipsed by TJ Watt. He's probably my favorite linebacker that I've I've ever gotten to see play. Even if TJ Watt does finish with Defensive Player of the Year, a Super Bowl ring, uh, will finish as the all-time Steelers sack leader individually for a season or career. Despite all of that, Joey Porter still be might might be my favorite guy I ever got to see play, just because TJ Watt. Yes, he's he's so enthusiastic when he's on the field, but there's something about Joey's Joey's ability to trash talk that I just love to see. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you can you can pick your problems with when he got involved in the Cincinnati Wild Card game in 2016. You can say okay, yeah, he got in a lot of trouble immediately after that when he was on the south side getting into bar fights but still i mean the Steelers do not win that game in 2016 in cincinnati without the help of joey porter egging on even as a coach he was still <laughs> able to egg on players i mean i don't know what he was doing on the field he should not have been on the field and i don't know how he wasn't flagged for that but it was the two guys Vontez perfect and uh pac-man, Pac-Man jones yeah. Who got the penalty? So I'm totally okay with it. Yeah, and I mean, when you look at um, when you look at Joey Porter, ni- uh, 60 of his 98 career sacks came in Pittsburgh. Um, 32 of them came in Miami, and I mentioned that Pro Bowl year he had in 2008 with Miami. I know it wasn't with the Steelers. 17 and a half sacks he had that year. That's pretty remarkable in a game in a time when the game was different too for outside linebackers. It's not the way that it was now. Like mm-hmm. 17 and a half was a huge mark then. Um, but yeah, J- uh, Joey Porter was obviously one of the best and. Um, for as much as the game has changed, for as much as pass rushing has changed, he still sits at 35th all-time in sacks uh, in NFL history. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to make the Hall of Fame ever. I doubt it. But, I mean, forever in our hearts, Joey Porter will be remembered as one of the one of the best linebackers, one of the best Steelers players, and by far and away one of the more entertaining guys to ever wear the black and yep, gold. Very, very entertaining uh, was Joey Porter. At number three, who do you have, Jacob? Number three, I have Kevin Green. Okay. Number three, I have Kevin Green. Uh, I understand that he did not stay here for very long. He was only here for three seasons, and his third season ended in that Super Bowl 30 loss against the Dallas Cowboys. But the one thing that endears me so much to Kevin Green is the fact that he's a Hall of Fame player, Mm -hmm. and he spent a lot of time with the Rams, and he spent a lot of time with the Panthers, significantly more time than he did when he was in Pittsburgh. And yet he loved Pittsburgh so much when he was enshrined to the, the Pro Football Hall of Fame, he chose to be enshrined in the Steelers' ward of it. Yeah, He didn't want to be with the Rams. He didn't want to be with the Panthers, despite his success with both of those teams and a longer tenure with both of those teams. He loved his time here. He loved his three years with the Steelers so much so he wanted to be remembered as a Pittsburgh Steeler. And I don't know exactly. I, I mean, I'm not that much of a, of a historian when it comes to this stuff, but... I don't know if he, if he even had his best years here in Pittsburgh, but when he came to Pittsburgh via free agency, that's what really revitalized the Steelers' defense in the '90s. And I really have to, I had to give him so much credit for doing so because I don't even I don't know. I mean, we talk about Bud Dupree and T.J. Watt, Bud Dupree being reliant on T.J. Watt. I don't know how well Greg Lloyd does without a guy like Kevin Green. And when you, you mentioned um, his tenure in Pittsburgh, his his best years, at least when you break it down into teams that he's played for, um, the three years he spent in Pittsburgh were not his best years um, of his career. 35 and a half sacks in three years, that's not too bad. Um, but uh, you look at his three years he spent in Carolina, 41 and a half sacks. Mm-hmm. The eight years he spent in, uh, in, uh, with the Rams, 72 and a half sacks. 
So, no, they weren't necessarily his best years of his career. Um, in 1995, he only had nine sacks. That was a down uh, a down year for him. Um, uh, you know, f- what, 12 and a half um, in, in Pittsburgh in 93, uh, 14 and, and 94. Uh, as I said, nine and 95. Um, so, you know, kind of, you know, a downturn there. But at the same time, like you said, he he – he loved his time in Pittsburgh so much that he retired as Steeler yeah. when he spent the first eight years of his career with the Rams. And mm-hmm. then uh, he also spent a year with uh, the, the San Francisco 49ers right. in between the Carolina years um, in 97. He spent 96, 98, and 99 with the, with the Carolina Panthers. Um, but, yeah, I think it says a lot about him and about how much he loved Pittsburgh Um the fact that he retired a Steeler. Right. Um, and that, that just endears me so much yeah. to him. And he he really helped the Steelers ascend to a Super Bowl caliber team. I hear you there. I mean, he in at the end of the day, Hall of Famer, five-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro. Um, two of the Pro Bowls came when he was in Pittsburgh. One of the All-Pros came when he was in Pittsburgh. And he was obviously on the All-90s team where he played of course. three years I mean, in the he 90s absol- with the Steelers. He absolutely deserved to be on that spot. And that's why I think he's so great. That's why I have to put him at number three, just because despite his short time spent in Pittsburgh, it was so impactful and it was so great. Mm-hmm. And I, re- I, I mean, you, you obviously consider uh, – when his passing came just a short while ago, less than a year ago, at a very young age for an adult, it, that obviously hits hard for you, for anyone, uh, to see that. And so that that has something to do with it. But really, I mean, I, if we had made this list this time a year ago, I would have still put him in number three. Yeah, I hear you there. And I mean, a great career, obviously, and, and definitely worthy of being there. For number three, for me, um, I have Jason Gilden. Um, he okay, fair. I mean, this guy is when you talk about stats, this guy has them. Uh, yeah, I mean, second all time um, with the Steelers in sacks, he has seventy seven um, with the Steelers, eighty um, for his career. Um, and when you look at, you know, I know that the nineties weren't exactly the best for the Steelers. You know what I mean? And it took a long time for the Steelers to get back to the Super Bowl. He wasn't on any of those. You know, he wasn't on any of the Super Bowl winning teams. Um, he was a three time Pro Bowl or one time All Pro. But when you're second all-time in Steelers history in sacks, and again, I know that the 70s aren't thrown into there with sacks, that does say something about you. There, there, there's no question about that. Um, and, you know, his best years obviously were in Pittsburgh. He played 10 years um, with the Steelers. Um, in his rookie year, um, he he didn't even play. He only started in one game. And then his sophomore year in 1995, he didn't play. He didn't start in any games. He played in 16 games, but he didn't start in any. And then from 1996 on, he started in at least 13 games with the Steelers until his last year mm-hmm. in 2003. I think it's pretty impressive that um, you know he only started one game in his first two years, and he still is second right. all time in Steelers right. history in sacks. Yeah, that definitely says a lot, and that definitely says a lot about him. And and like I said, you can you can judge a man by his impact or his stats, and I, I put Kevin Green because of his impact, but I cannot yeah. take away from what this guy did statistically, as, no, I mean, you, as you laid it out. It's amazing. I mean, it really is. I mean, as I said, really eight years uh, with the Steelers um, in which, you know, he had 80, 80 career um, sacks. He only had five in his first two years, so that tells you, I mean, 75 sacks in, mm-hmm. in what, eight years? That's pretty good. Um, pretty consistent for Jason Gilden. So he comes in um, at number three. On my list. And he had a couple of, I mean, like you said, he was there 
I, I mentioned Kevin Green being an impact player, but still, Gildan was there for a couple of AZ championship games along the way. He definitely helped them ascend to that to that level. But I, it, 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 I don't want to take away anything from Gildan, but it clearly wasn't enough compared to Kevin Green's arrival when he, they were able to reach the Super Bowl. No, I hear you. I understand that. I get where you're coming from. For but me. a lot of guys on this on this team, you know, weren't, weren't there in the 70s or weren't there in 05 or 08 and didn't get to play for a Super Bowl team. So I can't take that away from everyone who wasn't because making the Super Bowl is, is a hard thing to do. Right. So I can't take away from you if you if you weren't able to be there. But if you were able to be there, I do give you the credit. I mean, and I, I misspoke earlier. I said I think at some point I said he had 80 sacks with the Steelers, 77 with the Steelers, okay. 80 throughout Overall, his career. Okay. So he's. But it, it just shows you how 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 much he produced with yeah. the Steelers compared to anywhere else. Yeah, he played. no doubt. I mean, only one year in Jacksonville, yeah. in which he had three sacks. So, right. Um, definitely his best years were in Pittsburgh. At number two, Jacob, I'm interested. This is where it gets down to the nitty gritty here. Um, who do you have at number two? I don't think you're going to like this, but I have James Harrison at uh, number two. Yeah, I don't like it, but I do understand it. I have James Harrison at number two, and that's just because we could talk about Jack Ham once once I'm done here with Debo. But, uh, Kellen, I don't know. Should we should we just talk about Jack Ham first for you? It doesn't matter what him you number do. two. It's, it doesn't it's, matter. We could talk about me, Harrison. It doesn't matter. To me, when we were going over other positions such as the, the quarterbacks with Terry Bradshaw versus Ben Roethlisberger at the wide receiver position, guys like Lynn Swan or Heinz Weird versus Antonio Brown or Franco Harris and Jerome Bettis versus Le'Veon Bell. I see the appeal of going with the guy who put up the numbers. And I, I'll take this time. We could take this time to talk about James Harrison, and then we'll get to Jack Ham later. But to me, what I love so much about James Harrison was his toughness. And everything I said about J- Joey Porter, what I loved, James Harrison did the opposite. James Harrison was as quiet as a mouse, but was so much more punishing, right? He was by far and away the best the best defensive player probably other than Troy Polamalu to play not in the 70s. Yeah. I would say that. No, I mean, I, I think you're right when you talk about uh, Harrison. I guess we're, we're going to go with Harrison here. Um, he is my number one. Um, but for me, I mean, when you look at James Harrison's career, his 14 year career, um, with the Steelers, 80 and a half sacks and, and his best years absolutely were in Pittsburgh. Only, um, two, only four, uh, only four sacks outside of Pittsburgh His one year with Cincinnati and then the one year with New England. And I know that, you know, I bring that up. A lot of Steeler fans don't like him and a lot of don't like that situation and don't like the way that things ended here in Pittsburgh. And I hear you, but mm-hmm. look, here's the thing. Um, he leads the Steelers all time in sacks. And I know, again, that, right. that you don't know what the 70s and, and things like that. I mean, stats didn't come in, become an official stat to, until 82. Um, but James Harrison um, absolutely has the resume. Um, and I do believe that that one day he will be a Hall of Famer. And I know. Some OK, people, I don't know about that. That's the I, only thing I'm not sure of. I don't and that's know. why I got to put Jack Hammond in front of him. Yeah. I don't know yeah, yeah. of James Harrison just because. As good as he was in 2008 until, what, 2010, he had a couple of down years 
uh, beyond that when the, when the entire team had a couple of down true, years, and true. then he went to the Cincinnati Bengals where he really didn't do no, he didn't next do to nothing. And then when he came back, he had a little bit of a career resurgence in 2014 through 2016. But to me, it wasn't anywhere near the no. level of impact as it was when he was the defensive player of the year in 2008, when he was on that Super Bowl winning team, even back in 2005. And when he was an impactful player in 2010, when they lost the Super Bowl against the Green Bay Packers. I don't know if when you can have that that up and down, that kind of up and down career in terms of your production, because early on, I mean, he almost got cut. I mean, he was cut from the Steelers. Right. Sorry, I, I, he wasn't almost cut. He was cut from the Steelers, and then obviously he was brought back, luckily, right? So because if, if he doesn't come back, I mean, this Steelers team looks entirely different from 2008 and on. Right? Yeah, no I, doubt. I mean, there's no way to say that. There's no reason to say that the Steelers are, that Lamar Woodley is a great linebacker because without James Harrison opposite him, Lamar Woodley is the number one guy. You don't know how good he could have been as just, as just a solo uh, defensive uh, edge rusher. You know what I mean? So. I understand the impact that James Harrison has had, but in terms of a, a Hall of Fame resume, yeah. there's too much left unsaid about his his off years. Yeah, I hear you. That I, I don't know if I'm ready to, to say that he really deserves it. When you run through his resume, though, quickly, five-time Pro Bowler, a two-time All-Pro, two-time Super Bowl champ, and uh, AP Defensive Player of the Year, I think one thing, too, he has maybe one of the – it's tough to say this, but probably one of the most iconic – Super Bowl plays in history. Um, oh, it is. I, I mean, it's up there. It's it's probably top ten, if not top five. Yeah, and I mean, I think that helps too when you have those types of moments. And I mean, you think to the the 2008 um, year where he had 16 sacks, and and he was just, I mean, he was unbelievable. He was the first team All Pro. He was Defensive Player of the Year, um, and that was the year the Steelers won the Super Bowl too. Um, I mean, that I, I think that kind of is a perfect storm for him. I do think he finds his way into the Hall of Fame at some point. I don't know when or if it's going to be soon, but I do think at some point Harrison does end up in the in the uh, in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I don't know when, um, mm -hmm. but I, for me, he's my number one. I mean, it was tough because again, you know, I know the impact that Jack Ham had, and the one thing that Jack Ham has over Harrison is obviously two more Super Bowls, and he's obviously a Hall of Famer, and he has a couple more Pro Bowls and a couple mm -hmm. more All Pros to his credit too. Um, but uh, I for me, James Harrison's number one. I mean, I love to watch him play. There was yeah. no, there was no one as much as I loved as as I've said, I love to watch Joey Porter play because of his 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 loud his his ability to be loud and in your face and and trash talk. James Harrison was so intimidating because mm -hmm. he said so little. Right, and that was so great to see. You were if you were an opposing team lining up against James Harrison. You were, you know, soiling your pants because this guy is just so mean faced and so stoic yep. and he's so tough. He's going to run you over every time. I, I totally get the, the argument to be made for number one, but I have him a number two. And, and I think right now we need to pay our respects for the guy that I have. In number yeah, one, I mean, he's fantastic. Jack Ham. Yeah. So Jack Ham for me. You consider. Not just his his credibility with the, with the Steelers, but year in and year out on, on the 75th anniversary team on the, the 100th anniversary team, he is always going to be included on those NFL mm -hmm. all time teams. No matter how many guys come after him, yep. he will always, always, always be remembered for 
for that. He will never be left off one of those teams. It would shock me if he ever is. And I'd like to talk about a little bit, compare him to Jack Lambert, who we had as our consensus number one inside linebacker for the Steelers on on the all-time standard when we did that episode. As great as Jack Lambert was and as great as recognizable as Jack Lambert was, the argument can be made that Jack Ham was better at the outside linebacker position than James Harrison was at the inside linebacker position. Mm-hmm. Jack Ham was as efficient as it came to not just getting to the quarterback, but taking the ball away. I mean, he led all linebackers and in, in interceptions in Steelers history. I mean, linebackers are known to, to, to force interceptions. He was a ball hog at the linebacker, at not, not just an inside linebacker position where you're typically not rushing the quarterback as much, but the outside when your primary goal is to get to the quarterback along the edge. Mm-hmm. He was still able to cause all those turnovers. And I think to me, because of his ability to do both and his tenure with the Steelers, it was so consistent mm-hmm. from, from day one, from 19, I believe it was 1971 until 84, 82, 82. There, there was no ebbs and flows like James Harrison. He yeah. was always, always, always at the top of his game. Obviously he, he won all four Super Bowls with the team, even though, you know, we talk about the Steelers dynasty. A lot of the guys on those teams weren't there for all four years. True. A lot of the guys weren't there for all four. Jack Ham was one of them. Eight-time Pro Bowler, 16 first-team All-Pro, twice second-team All-Pro. So in his career, he was an eight-time All-Pro player throughout the 70s and 80s. Like I mentioned, he was in. He was off, a shoe-in for the 1970s All-Decade yeah. team. He's been on the 75th anniversary team. He was on the 100th anniversary team just last year. And he's a, and he's a Pro Football Hall of Famer. I will say this, too. James Harrison was not elected to an all-decade. I was going to say that I'm, I'm surprised that he wasn't. I mean, not that, not he played in such a, he played in a window of it was the tail end of the 2000s and it was the beginning the, the of beginning, the, but still, I mean, if he played all the way until 2017, and we've right. seen guys make make all-decade team and playing about half, you know, right. just five years. I mean, he played, what, but it, one? it was it was a time spent with Cincinnati and. I think that, I don't know if this has anything to do with it, but when he left for the New England, it was yeah. just such an fu, a, a middle finger to the franchise. Yeah. I felt like he was just ring chasing with the wrong team. No, I hear go you. anywhere else. I'm okay. I was more okay with him going to Cincinnati than I was going to New England. Sure, yeah. So to me, I mean, Jack Ham was just always, always, always at the top of the game. And Kellen too. I don't know if if how much we can look back on this. But the argument can be made. Jack Ham, maybe the greatest Penn State football player of all time. He very well might be. Joe Paterno, if Joe Paterno were still here to this day, Joe Paterno said at Joe Paterno spoke at Jack Ham's Hall of Fame induction. Said Jack Ham, I, I think if I'm re- if I'm remembering the quote correctly, Paterno was asked what play stood out to you mostly of of Ham's time spent in Penn State, and Jack Ham's uh, and, and Joe Paterno said. I couldn't tell you. His career was just one long uh, highlight reel. Mm-hmm. There was there was never a bad play made by Jack Ham, and I think for that reason he was because he was so consistent across his college career and across his professional career. I have to give it to Jack Ham, and that's fair. I mean, uh, when you look at it, like we talked about, I don't know if there's really a wrong list that you can make no, because right. of the I fact get, that I get the argument for James yeah. Harrison. You get the argument for Jack Ham. I think that's the only 
two, though, that you could put at number one. Yes, I agree. I think those are the only two that, that you can put at number one. You can put a bunch of guys, three, four, five, but at one and two, I think I don't think there's any other right answers other than no. James Harrison and Jack Ham. And it's impact. a lot different, you know, how we talked about the inside linebacker position. It was really Jack Lambert and then everybody else. Yeah, right. This is totally different. Yeah. I, I can see if you really want to make the case for James Harrison, I can I can sit down and listen to that. Yeah, right. I mean, this is, and again, this is probably one of the ones that has the deepest, and there's ones mm -hmm. that you probably can't make a lot of uh, wrong answers because of the fact that it's one of the deepest position groups maybe in NFL history um, for any team. It's a problem I love to have, Kellen. Yeah, sure. If I, if I had to sit here and talk about a, for half an hour twice over about the greatest linebackers yeah. at the inside position versus the outside it's, and struggle with the list, yeah. it's only because there are so many guys I, I love to have that problem. Right, no doubt about that. That's going to do it for this episode of the Steelers Standard Thank you, as always, for listening, whether it's on Steelers Nation Radio or Steelers.com. Um, we always appreciate that. We will be back next week, and Tom Offerman will be back next week, making his return um, to the Steelers standard, and we will be excited to have Tom back, and that's coming up next week. But that's going to do it for this uh, edition of the Steelers standard. We will talk to you next time.